Welcome to the Julie Salant Podcast, the place to reconnect to your heart and live your soul purpose. This is where you will find inspiring information on how to reconnect to your heart, get into mind-body-spirit alignment, and step into your personal power. Together, we will hear messages from the sacred animal kingdom, discuss how to reframe success that works best for you, and learn to step into divine flow, allowing you to do what your soul came here to do. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Hey guys, this is Julie Salon. Thank you for being on our podcast today. I am so excited today because I finally got a few minutes, a half hour with Jeff Hunter. Thank you for being here, my friend. I am stoked to talk to you today because you are a very professional. Uh, I don't know, you've got so many accolades, I can't even say, I know, but I'm super excited to talk to you about your branding, what you've done in the world and Savage Marketer and all that you've accomplished. Thank you for being here today. Appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. And uh, it's funny because if if somebody would have told me just three three years ago that I would be some sort of like, you know, branding expert, I probably would have laughed in their face, you know. And uh, if somebody would have told me that I would have been, you know, up on stage 45 minutes before Gary Vaynerchuk and having a conversation, I would also told them they're crazy. A, because I didn't like Gary Vaynerchuk back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He slowly, he slowly changed my opinion of him <laughs> um, and B just because like I said, I'm a, I'm a business guy and I'm a numbers guy and I, I've always been in IT. I'm a project manager from a, in a past life at a fortune 500 company. And uh, I found out kind of the hard way in the corporate world that I was good at building a brand, a personal brand. And what's very interesting too, is that I found out that it was a threat. It was, it was kind of, you know, something that I found out um, you have to be careful with if you work in one of those J-O-Bs, you know? Yes. It's very common for entrepreneurs to have a brand, but it's, it's very uncommon for someone who works for someone else to have a brand. Yes, yes. And I mean, I'm sure we could talk all day long about your journey to actually being on near him, Gary Vee, and all of these influencer people that you're with. But tell me, my audience likes to hear the real stuff, like not the, you know, super slick information. I want to know your real story in terms of if you were starting out right now, this is my biggest question. If you were starting out right now from zero, how would you build your brand the quickest way. And if, you know, think about this, you're just beginning, you don't have a ton of money, you don't have a lot of influence, you have a good network, right? But, and you know, you're good at what you do. How do you get to be heard and be seen by some of these people that can help you and you can help them as well? You know, it, it starts with understanding what your brand really is. And I think that one of the biggest problems is that people aren't intentional with their brand. And the, the fastest way, by the way, the best way and easiest way to describe a brand and how to do something with it is very simple. Um, I agree with Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos says that your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. <laughs> yes. Yep. And, and it, it starts with creating content. And, you know, that's a really hard thing for, for most people to do, actually. Um, but it's also the strongest thing that you can do 
to qualify yourself in your audience's eyes. A brand is literally just a qualification in the eyes of someone else, like a perception almost, right? Mm -hmm. And see, perception for people is usually reality, yes. right? Yes. What's the difference between a Versace purse and, you know, a Toomey, right? Yeah. Or yeah. whatever else. It's just the perception of value that that brand has. So one of the things that we've done and I've discovered over the years, thanks to, oh, by the way, it's very important to have mentors that are really amazing. That's yes. one thing that I wish if I looked back and said, hmm, Jeff, you're going to start a business. What would you do? I wouldn't do what I did seven years ago and try to figure it all out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have been a hell of a lot further by now. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, I'm sure you could feel me on that. I see. The oh, laugh, yes. Right? A lot of so, rookie mistakes I made, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just like, uh, even before this podcast, right, we were talking about one of my team members. I have 80 people on my team. One of my project managers had someone resign underneath her, and she was probably rolling her eyes because I responded to her, and I said, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so a great growth experience. You yeah. Know? She's probably like, oh, what do I do now? Oh, right, it's right. not good. <laughs> so intentional content this is something that I discovered. It's all about what is your promise? What is it about your brand that you promise to do for people? And if you don't have that, think about the elevator pitch, right? Everyone's heard about yep. an elevator pitch. It's so yep. crazy how many people don't have an elevator pitch. And even funnier, the people that do have them that don't rehearse it, they can't yeah. say it, yeah. right? They don't yeah. know how to modify it and see an elevator pitch. It changes for the audience of the people, right? Yes. Yeah. So, for example, if I'm going to go into an elevator with uh, a VP of sales for a, a multi-billion-dollar you know, billion dollar company, I'm not going to talk to him about his personal brand. Right. Right? I'm going right. to think about a VP of sales. What is his biggest thing is driving sales. And he asked me, what do you do? And I'd say, you know what? I enable salespeople to drive more leads by utilizing virtual teams. Oh, you do? Uh, let's talk. <laughs> but if I'm in the elevator with an entrepreneur of a six-figure, seven-figure business that's really in that growth phase of their company, I'm going to say, I help CEOs and entrepreneurs leverage their personal brand to build and grow their business online. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this is the thing. So many people are so stuck on just like that little tiny elevator pitch and they don't understand you have to be adaptable. How is everyone's in it for them? You know, the old saying with them, yeah. what's in it for me. Yep. Yep. Okay. So how here, and here's the fun segue. Now that we've talked about the promise, how can you back that promise up? That's a good the, question. That's a million dollar question. And this comes back to exactly what I was saying earlier about having intentional content. So if I go into an office and of a entrepreneur and he's like, Jeff, what can you do for me? And I said, man, I got this really awesome strategy about how you can use your own personal brand to get on stages, to get on articles and publications, to start developing yourself as an influencer in your space. And then you being an influencer in your space as a thought leader in your space, people are going to want to come to you because they say, wow, not only does this person have the solution, but he also knows what he's doing or she in your yeah. case, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just referring to myself for this. But 
here's my own personal example. I, you know, I live it, right? So if, if I'm going to tell somebody that I can help them, you know, build a personal brand and, and build a virtual team to help, help do that, then there's five things, the quintessential things that I have to be able to prove for people to have confidence in what I do. Mm-hmm. One of them is that I should be good at building virtual teams. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Yep. So a lot of my content is about that. My latest, I just did a publication that just went live in entrepreneur.com. My very first one, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. It's amazing. And it's called three revenue generating activities for your virtual assistant to do. That's what it's called. Nice. And that's one of the, if I'm going to show people how to drive revenue through virtual teams, then, you know, me putting articles out about that and, and being published on it is a big deal. Number two is I have to be good at inbound marketing, right? Because the goal of building a brand online is to increase your visibility, your brand awareness, your sales at the end of the day. Yep. So you have to be able to know how to convert people from those entrepreneur.com articles and turn into leads for your business, right? Yep, yep. Copywriting, the ability to tell a story through words, right? Yes. That's another one of my things. Uh, And another one of mine is social media. I have to be good at social media. So there's, these are all things that you, that you have to think about and say, okay, if I can prove through developing content in these different topics that all kind of are pillars that support my core branding promise, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be relevant to my target audience. They're going to trust me. I'm going to be able to develop a, a connection to my audience and then from then it's just how can I truly develop what I call an omnipresence, which is if someone's on entrepreneur.com or if someone's on Facebook or on LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever, like you and I, we connected on LinkedIn, LinkedIn right? Yep. And it's, it's not, it, it, a lot of people focus a lot of time and energy in places where their audience isn't. Like I know right now, a lot of my audience isn't on TikTok. So I don't spend a lot of my content time on TikTok. Now yeah. I do scroll through TikTok a lot. It's yeah. <laughs> fun for me, but I don't think I'm going to go on there and attract the 17 to 25 year olds to my business. I'm a 30, you know, I'd say a 28 to 45 ish. And they're usually in the growth phase of their company and they've become an expert in their field, but usually people don't know them. They're not, maybe not recognized experts. So that's it. That, that's the advice that I would give back to myself if I was starting, starting a business is saying, be more intentional with your content, get it in the right places, and establish yourself as an authority in your industry. Those are all great points. And I love that you hit the nail on the head when you talked about Target. Target audience and where they live, where they spend most of their time. I'd like to ask you this question because so many people say this, you know, you have to niche down, niche down hard. Instead of talking to everybody, talk to just those people that are in your segment. But a lot of us, myself included, have missed the mark on this so many times because it can be super confusing. Um, you, you know, you've got a great message. Uh, how do, do you really think that the smaller of the pot of people is that you're talking to, as long as they're in your perfect sphere of influence and what you're doing will be right for you? Or do you believe you should go a little bit bigger? Well, 
I like niches. You know, the old saying is that the riches are in the niches, right? Right. Yeah. And I, there's definitely truth to that. But I think what's more important is that the, it's not really about the quantity. It's about the quality of the connection. Yeah. Like for example, we're here today, right? And I invest my time into developing relationships that I, that I believe are going to result in value. And, and here's the thing, guys, it has to be value on both sides. And I think that's, this is what, this is why people struggle is because they're really trying to, they just put themselves out there all the time. They're like, me, 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 me. And I implore you guys, if you spend a little bit of time just thinking about the problems that your target audience is facing, that you're going to get so much more results. Like for example, if I talk about my virtual assistant business, vastaffer.com, if I'm talking about that business, most of our clients there are either solopreneurs or maybe they're businesses that have less than 10 employees. We have some unicorns that we work with, like, you know, big, you know, lenders and things like we do a lot of data, data scraping and lead generation for, but the majority of our clientele are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And I know the struggles myself of being an entrepreneur. I know the struggles myself of being a solopreneur. So just yesterday I put out a, a, a post on my Facebook wall, which it won't make it to LinkedIn because LinkedIn doesn't have a big enough, uh, doesn't have a big enough wall to support it. But I talked about why I don't hire people that are looking for jobs. I don't. I hire people that have a proven track record of at least two to three years at a company that are doing very something very similar to what I want them to do for me. And I say, hey, look, instead of you driving back and forth to your job all day and, you know, working, uh, you know, for, you know, however much money you're making right now, how would you like to make two times as much as you're making right now? And you can work at home in your pajamas or in my case, my underwear. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> right. And and that's the type of people that I want. I want to attract people that have already proven their loyalty and, and dedication. I know it's ironic that I'm recruiting people based on loyalty, but I, I will tell you, there's just qualities that you can't teach. And that's loyalty, commitment, work ethic. Yeah. And that's what I look for. I can teach people to do almost anything, but I can't teach them those skills. So yeah. I wrote a post about that, right? Yeah. And then what happens is people say, oh, this guy knows how to hire people. And that goes under my five pillars, my virtual team building, right? Right, right. So now I'm building virtual teams. I'm telling them how I get them. And what does that do? That says, hey, Jeff has a really quality team that's really reliable. And he has a very strong strategy on how he hires people. Ah, yeah. I've skipped the line. See, because my content assumes that I'm already having a good team because I'm telling them what I don't do. I'm telling them what I'm not doing. I'm telling them what I do do. So now they're saying, okay, you know what? This guy obviously must hire people that are loyal, committed, and have hard work ethic. Yes. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's all about connecting the dots for them. And it's all about putting out that intentional information that's really going to make them the light bulb go off and say, this guy or this gal does this and it's awesome. They're, they know what they're doing and they have the right people. They have the right services, whatever you're looking for. 
in terms of, I think so many of us do tend to talk about ourselves too much when the first thing you said was, you know, talk about, you know, what does your target audience, what's their issue? What can you fix for them? What's your zone of genius? And if you keep going back to that, I got a question for you though. I, I do that as much as I can. How do you address, you, let's just say you're on Instagram and you ask a question, right? I want to know, I want to know, what can I help you with? A, B, or C, or you just tell me and you don't get much response. How, how is that fixable? Is, is that something you can work on? Because I seem well, to I, have that. I, I, have... I, I, I think that, I think that's probably one of the worst questions you could ever ask someone is, what can I help you with? Because most people, they don't know. They don't what know. They need help with. Yeah. And entrepreneurs, they don't like to admit that they need help. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Yes, you're right. Yes. So, so funny enough, here's, here's a great example of how this works for me. And I do it through the storytelling. I make people raise their hand and say, dang, that's me. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to paint a story for you. Okay. okay. All right. Let's do it through the eyes of a podcaster. Cause I think most people can relate to what a podcaster's job is. All right. Yes. Now I have to admit, I'm very fortunate. I have a crazy production team on my side. I've got five people and a project manager whose only job is to help me work on my podcast and my clients podcast. So they do the video production. They do the audio production. They do the bumpers. They do the value bomb clips. They do the headline titles. They do the video editing. They do the trailers. I mean, they upload it to the website. They do, you know, like I literally record a podcast. I send it to them and it's done. I don't have to do anything else. Right. Nice. And they do the graphics and all that. They do the blog upload. Now, most podcasters don't. So let's just say, uh, and by the way, I don't even advertise or sell the service because I keep my team so busy. <laughs> but let's just say I'm selling the service. So instead of saying, hey, we can come and sell you or we can help you run your whole podcast together. Instead, let's flip that around and let's use the power of storytelling to help people identify that they have that problem themselves. How can we leverage self-discovery? Aha. Uh -huh. Now. I like that. How do we do that? Hmm. I want to paint a picture for you. Here we go. Here's my post. Here goes. <sighs> Starting a podcast was so hard. I just started my podcast in January of this year. And since then, I've now done 28 episodes. And boy, have I learned a lot. Now, what's going through someone's mind right now? They're mm. saying, oh, I wonder what he's learned. Or, exactly. man, I've done that, or I can relate. I, hey, I, I've got a lot of podcasts. I know what's coming up, right? Yeah. yeah. So now people are intrigued. They're saying, ooh, what's next? Right? right. So now, you know, in the beginning, I was doing, I had no idea what I was doing. And I would record the audio, and I would save it to the cloud, and then I download it, and then I'd have to chop it up. And I went on Fiverr, and I tried to find people to do all this stuff for me, and it just wasn't working. And I ended up doing all the work myself. Now a lot of people can relate to that. Now they're yes. probably thinking, "Uh huh, right?" Yes. And I said, but then I thought I really wanted my podcast to be different. I really wanted to stand out from everyone else. 
who, what podcaster doesn't think that that, right? Exactly. So then they, so then I say, I really wanted to have an awesome trailer for every episode. I really wanted to have some great graphics for every episode. I really wanted to give my guests copy, basically a a pre-written post that would advertise it for me so that they would share with their audience because at the end of the day, I want to grow my podcast and leverage their audiences as well. But I just didn't have enough time in the day. And that's when I said, why don't I just try to build a team to do this? And now I have a team that I literally record a podcast episode. I send it over to them. They do the graphics. I'll have little check boxes. I, they do the graphics. They do the video trailers. They do this. They do that. They upload it to Libsyn. They do that. It goes to iTunes, Acast, uh, Pod, Apple Podcast, you know, or, or a Google Podcast, and everything auto, auto, automatically. And then I have an email automation that automatically pulls the RSS feed from the blog and blasts it out to everybody. So now I don't have to do anything except for record a show, which is actually really fun right the funnest part of it yep well i'm not selling anything right i'm not pitching anything right but subliminally i'm telling them here's the problem i had which is what they have i'm telling them the struggles that i went through to try and solve the problem i'm telling them i finally solved the problem i have a team of people to do all this stuff so i don't have to yep and that life is easy and happy again Yeah. yeah and guess what people do they respond. Jeff, can you yeah. help me do that? Yeah, I of want course. that for me. Yeah. I love that. That's so much more appealing than this is what I do. And let me try and sell you. I hate, I used to be, a, I was a salesperson for a long time. I hate being sold to because <laughs> it just feels so inauthentic. And if you can just talk about it in that way, people can, I, I feel like they can connect in with you more as, as well because they can identify, Hey, you know, I'm in that same spot. I really need some help over here. Or I tried that too and nothing's working for me. I don't know what to do now. What do I do? And then there you are with your post. And then it's like, okay, I I get it. And they have that connection. They feel like they, they can work with you. And then of course you can back all that up with your, you know, with what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. Right. And that's, and I think that that's the key of the growth that I've experienced over the past couple of years is that we really live in a show me economy now. Yeah. And there's so many self-proclaimed experts that say that they're good at things. But when you're able to tell a story and really show people what you're able to do, and then like you said, you back it up by having case studies, right? Uh, yeah. By the way, if, if you are a business owner and don't have case studies, you are way behind the times. Do that right away. Yeah. <laughs> Go to your best top two, three projects, clients you've worked that you've worked with in the past year and reach out to them and say, hey, I'm building a case study. I'd like to feature you. Here's how you approach it. Hey, I'm featuring a couple of my rock star clients on my website and I would love to feature you. Well, love that. Uh, uh, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> you know what I did? I, so I teach copywriting and I, I, I did a course called Social Copy Secrets and I was going to relaunch it to the public. And I went out and I told all my students, I have about 100 students, and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to be relaunching this, and I really want to showcase some of my best students. 
some of my best students that got the best results. Whoever got the best results, basically I made it a competition on who got the best results. That's awesome. Right? That's awesome. And said, yeah. And I said, and if you qualify, if you, I said, I want you to post here, but before you post here, before you actually send in your information to qualify for this, I need to let you know something. Do not submit your information unless you agree to be featured on all of my presentations and all of my podcasts and all of my, you know, like sales scripts, like your, if you aren't cool with your name and your situation being on all my things, it's going to go to like 10,000 plus people don't apply. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you think happened? <laughs> Everyone applied. Of right? course. They of all want to be, they all want to have their name on my webinars. My webinars get, you know, thousands and thousands of people that watch them. So that's the key is how can uh. you make a win-win for everybody. And we've come back to that again, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. win for me because I'm using, I'm leveraging their success to help market and sell what I'm doing. And obviously them, I like, I like to actually feature on my own brands. I like to use my case studies of clients that I really am really emotionally involved with that I'm helping develop and that they've been really great clients. Like I have Cindy, Kaman, uh, Cindy and Kamanzi Constable who they help people. They're actually the ones that help me become published in entrepreneur.com. Oh, wow. So, most of my clients are mutual clients. You know, we work together. Yeah, yeah. And That's I great. Feel like, I feel like I have to be, like, I really have to believe in someone's purpose and mission for me to take someone on as a client. That's really important to me. I'm the same way. Yep. And and so so I challenge you guys to to position yourself and say, how can I really drive tons of value for someone to where they want to give that value back. You know, that's the key. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, I've been, mar I have a marketing background, which you don't know. Um, but everything you just said makes so much sense to me. And I think it's all about switching that perspective about your, your giving and, and you're offering them another way to connect in with you, but it's super smart the way you did that. Instead of just saying, you know, I need a case study. No, that's not appealing. It's going to take time, effort. I don't care. That's what I'm thinking in my head. When you put it that way, oh, you're going to be on all everything that I have. And I roll out to all my clients and prospective clients. Yeah. Sign me up. I mean, of course, why wouldn't I want to be in on that? Mm -hmm. Because it makes so much sense, but you're also, they, they're helping you. You help them. They're helping you. It's a win-win for everybody. And, and that, I'm and so it. about that. That seems to be, that's the way I'd like to do business. I don't want to do it with, why would you want to do business with somebody that you don't even like? It doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> my, my wife makes fun of me. She says, Jeff, you don't have any friends. I said, yeah, I do. And she goes, no, those are your clients. And I said, I can't help it that most of my clients are my friends. <laughs> I, I have a client, his name's Chris and he owns a marketing agency. A lot of my clients are actually marketing agencies that either white label or we work in collaboration on stuff just because I have a bigger team than them, you know? Nice. Um, and, and, uh, he lives uh, in Elk Grove, which is in near Sacramento. It's about an hour and a half from me. I live near the Bay area, California. And, um, yeah, I just went and hung out with them last week. We went, we, matter of fact, no, it was this week, just on Tuesday. <laughs> on, on Tuesday, I went over to Chevy's and we had some margaritas and some shots together. Nice. And we're talking about projects we're working on. We shot a video together. Wow. You know, like it's, it's just incredible. That's what I love about being an entrepreneur the most, actually. Yeah. I love the fact that we get to choose who we work with and we get to make the terms. 
You know, back when I worked in the corporate world, they gave me the projects. They told me who I had to work with, you know, and whether it's my team or the client or, or whatever. And now I get to make my own rules. And, uh, I pinch myself sometimes. I say, is this really my life? That's awesome. And that's where we all want to get to. At least that's what I always think. You know, you want to make your own hours. You want to do what you, what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you spend your time, work with who you want to work with people or causes that you believe in. To me, that's really, that lights me up. That's, I want to make a difference. It's not just about going to work. It's about, we're really helping people or we're really changing things, the landscape of how we see the world right now. That to me is, that gets me going. That gets me fired up as as an entrepreneur. I think a, a great way to wrap this up, I would love to share a story about when I was, I was honored enough to do the social media for Ash, Ashton Kutcher at an event. Wow. Yeah, and, please uh, do. Uh, it was for an event and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Ashton Kutcher is more than just a famous actor. He's actually a really amazing investor I know and, that, yeah. and business builder. And, you know, he's, he's one of the people that, uh, invested in Uber. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Airbnb. 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 Okay. The funny story is that he, they approached him to invest in Uber and he was like, Oh, that does, that's never going to work. <gasps> <laughs> wow. And then it worked and he was like, Oh crap. And then they came <laughs> to him about the houses and Airbnb and he was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what people don't know is about Thorn. Thorn is a anti-child sex trafficking AI that scans the internet to find people that are literally doing sex trafficking. A lot of people don't know about that. Wow. And it's something that, you know, I'm super uh, proud about, especially with right now with all the sex trafficking that has been discovered in the child rings and, you know, everything since the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing and, there's just so many crazy relevations coming out about famous actors and all sorts of weird stuff that, you know, people say are conspiracy theories, but you, you can only say it's a conspiracy so long until, you know, things start checking the boxes and they yes. look right. right? Yes. Like yes. most things that, that are crazy were conspiracy theories. Like look at coronavirus. We would have yeah. never thought just a year ago that we'd ever shut down the economy because of a giant virus. That right? would be unheard of. You can't even wrap your mind around that. No. Right. No. And here it's normal. Right. Like yeah. my son, we just had my son's eighth birthday and we had a Corona drive by because three family members on my family and my wife's family have coronavirus. So we, instead of having a gathering where everybody comes together, we just had a literally everyone decorated their car. They drove by. We had a cake out front and we had some pop or nachos and we were giving people nachos at their car and they were giving the presents. And we were just like, you know, just to you know, my, my dad's a, a, you know, cancer survivor. And, you know, I just didn't want to have any, I didn't want to put anyone in a situation where, you know, their, their compromised health would be at risk. Well, back to what I'm saying uh, with Ashton Kutcher <laughs> is that I'm at the event. I, I volunteered my time basically to run the social media for the event. And I did a bunch of advertisements leading up to it. And I did like kind of play by play social media posts for the event. And I wrote a couple posts about Ashton Kutcher, which I was like, I bet he never read them or saw them or whatever, you know, it's Ashton Kutcher, right? Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, 
it's, it's photo time. And you know, all these people are, they're donating tens of thousands of dollars to just get a photo with Ashton Kutcher. I didn't pay. I volunteered my time there. I didn't think I was going to be able to get my picture with him, but I did. And what was really interesting was, um, I remember I was going to pull out my phone and record like a little one minute video clip with him. If I could, you know, just try and steal that moment. Yeah. But I got up to him and I didn't realize like I'm six foot one and uh-huh. he's like six foot five. He's a really tall dude. He is? Oh, he's really tall. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and by the way, very, very attractive, you know, as a totally straight guy over here. Really? Very attractive <laughs> six foot five guy. And I walked up to him and I remember I, I was going to reach for my phone to take a selfie or record a video or whatever, but I got up next to him and I was just, I wasn't expecting <laughs> him to be so tall and so handsome. <laughs> And I just looked up to him and I was just like. And you didn't have your selfie stick with you, so. <laughs> I was just like, I, I was completely frozen. And the funniest part is he put his arm around me and he goes, this is pretty cool, huh? Uh, wow. <laughs> was like, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, I, then finally my, my composure came back and I was like, thanks, you know. Yeah. And I said, thank you. And then he says, I should be thanking you. And I was like, what? He goes, thanks for all the work that you've done. <gasps> I was like, <laughs> you wow. know, like, inside, I was like, so overwhelmed. I was like, wow, you know, here's this guy, obviously multi, multi-millionaire, you know, big investor doing Thorn, big celebrity and this and that. And he took the time to, to notice me, right? Wow. And that's when I realized, I said, you know, it doesn't matter how big I get, or how big someone else is, it's always really important to appreciate the relationships that make it all happen, you know? Right. And I think that that's the real valuable part of it all is that we have to enjoy the journey. Yeah. If we don't enjoy the journey, if we don't surround ourselves with amazing people that are doing amazing things, then it's very easy to get lost along the way. So yeah. it's very important to align yourselves with people that are on the mission and the journey together so that as the saying goes, as the tide rises, the boats rise together. Right, right. Man, you, you, you're an amazing person. I, I mean, to me, it's not about you meeting him. It's about you're giving back too, because you're taking time with me. You take time with so many other people that you don't have to do that. You're a busy guy. You don't have to take time on a Friday to spend it with me. So I really appreciate that. But that's something that I think that we can all learn from is that being humble, right? And wanting to help out other people that are maybe just, you know, maybe they're starting out where you were two years ago or a year ago, because everybody's on their own little, you know, journey and we all have the challenges. So I really, really appreciate you taking some time with me and you've dropped some amazing value bombs that I know I'm going to start implementing right away. I mean, I'm like, my head's going, okay. (laughs) I made a few mistakes. That's okay though, right? That's how we learn. We all do. (laughs) Hey, I'm not, I'm not perfect every day. I'm learning new things, you know, and, uh, that's, I think that's part of the fun journey, right? That's part of the fun is, and I think that it's very simple to, it's very easy to find other people that are open to learning. I think that it's very hard for some people to be open to learning. You know, they know everything, right? Yeah, Yeah. Like the old saying, men never stop to ask for directions, right? They just keep on going. Yeah. Um, I think in my life, I've noticed that women are usually better at asking for directions, that they're, they're better at analyzing and self-analyzing that something's going wrong. I think that, 
you know, men are very stubborn. And um, I, I think that most, I, I'm just thankful that most of my role models in life were women. My grandma who put me through college, my mom who's still the breadwinner for my wow. family today. My dad worked at a five minute car wash to put my mom through nursing school. Wow. Giving him some credit. Yeah, that's awesome. Though. <laughs> but, that's awesome. But, but in all reality, I think that not everyone is blessed and fortunate enough to have good mentors in their life. And see, I didn't have a single entrepreneur in my family. I, I had to learn the hard way. Wow. And that's the ending advice that I would give to anyone is that the, the tracks, you know, the, the paths to success has already been forged. You know, like it's already been there. There's already people that are already successful in your industry, in your area, in your community, in your church, wherever it is. There's people that have already been there and you just have to follow their tracks. Okay. That is million dollar advice right there. Million dollar advice. Thank you so much for being here. I can't thank you enough. Honestly, this was fun. And I love that you're just yourself because that's, that's the way I roll. So thank you so much for being here. And I know that this is going to provide a ton of value to me personally. So thank you for that. And to everybody that's listening. So thank you again for being here. I appreciate it. Great to be here. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast. This is Julie Salante. If you like what you've heard and you'd like to go deeper, there are two ways that you can work with me to get personal one-on-one coaching or to receive an animal reading. Click on the link below to set up a time with me to talk. You can also check out the Spiritual Cafe. That is a membership-based group that I have with a dear friend of mine where we talk live monthly and give you information on elevated consciousness answer your questions and help you move through life with clarity and conscious decisions. Looking forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Julie.